the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. A little bit after 4, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Welcome aboard. Had kind of a cloudy day. We have a cloudy evening ahead. Been cool. Making a shower in spots. Low down around 52 tonight. Tomorrow, completely different. Uh, Still kind of cloudy and maybe a little rain here and there, but much warmer. Tomorrow's high 82. Wow. Friday, also kind of cloudy and shower too. Around 75 for the high. Phillies home tonight, 7.05. Taking on Detroit. Game two of a quick two-game interleague series with the Tigers. Uh, I am excited to have received a hug from not one, but two people I love. Hi. Hi, dear daughter. Hello. Hello, dear wife. My wife, Christina, and my daughter, Theodora, just stopped in. Pleasant surprise. You like your coffee? I do like the coffee you brought me. I've never seen a cup of coffee I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when it's from Duncan. Yeah. How was school today? You, I took you this morning. Mom picked you up, right? Mm-hmm. How was it? It was good. What did you do? Well, we played tennis for Jim. Nice. Is mm-hmm. it the first time? or? Uh, yeah, it's the first time. Okay. It was pretty nice. I liked it. Tennis is a great sport. Your, your grandfather loves tennis. It's the kind of sport you can play for a lot of years, actually, and you just need one person. You can play baseball or softball or soccer. A lot of times you need a lot of people. So mm-hmm. that's a good sport to pick up. Mm-hmm. We should go and play sometime. Then for art... We drew, so like, there's a bunch of people in my group, and each person um, goes in the center of the room, and they strike a pose, and then we have ten minutes, or two minutes, I think, yeah, two minutes to um, draw them. A little sketch, quick draw? Yep. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And my wifey, how was your day? You good? It was great. Running around doing all kinds of things? Just visiting people, actually, today. It was a blessing. I visited a friend I hadn't seen in a long time. Good. Yep. And visiting your husband at work. This is a rare treat. <laughs> I know. I love it. Well, thank you for doing that. Better get home before traffic gets busy. Yeah, I don't know how you do this. It's... I don't know how you do this. It's You're amazing. I love it. It's a lot of fun. And yesterday we had a good show with uh, a lot of listeners calling in, which is neat to just get to know the audience even more. Isn't that a good? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I like Jody Benson. Jody Benson? Is it Jody or Jody? Jody. Jody. <laughs> yeah, she's Ariel, Little Mermaid. We had her on a while ago. You helped her. You helped interview her. That's the other time you were in here. That's the only other time I was in here. Yeah. Well, maybe you can stop by again sometime. Yeah. <laughs> I love you guys. I like this place. I love you. <laughs> Bye for it's now. A cool place. We'll, Bye. Uh, we'll take a short break, and then we'll come back and continue our fine broadcast. We're looking forward to having uh, Karen Eman, who's an author of a brand new book called Keep Showing Up. Karen herself is a, a best-selling author. Uh, before that, though, just a quick note, TBN. It's a brand new show. You might want to check out weekday afternoons at 1.30 Eastern. 
It's called Better Together, TBN's first daily original program. Better Together is a show made by women for women. Better Together presented from an uplifting perspective, looking to encourage viewers in their day-to-day lives. You're invited to grab a cup of coffee, speaking of which, or tea or whatever, and join bottled water. Uh, Victoria Osteen, Lori Crouch, Christine Kane uh, for authentic and fruitful conversations about faith and life. Laugh and uh, grow and enjoy a sense of community. Better Together tackles a variety of topics, friendships, identity, intimacy with God, children and family, social media, a lot more. Uh, speaking of identity, on the next edition, uh, what makes you, you? I want to talk about God creating you and your uniqueness and uh, how your identity also impacts your purpose. So uh, each week the topics change, keeping things fresh and relevant. Check that out. Better Together, weekday afternoons, 1.30 Eastern on TBN or anytime on the TBN app. Why live alone when we can do life together better together? It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. 408 in the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Just a quick heads up. Keep our toll-free number handy. You're going to need it before the program's done. That's all I'm going to say about that. 800-560-WFIL. I will give you the number, of course. 800-560-9345. We are uh, glad to have best-selling author of New York Times uh, list, uh, Karen Eamon, joining us. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Good. You know, um, you're author of this new book, of course, Showing Up, How to Stay Crazy in Love When Your Love Drives You Crazy. I receive a lot of books here at the station for possible review or interviews, and I can say the title of your book alone stood out, partly because it's simple and partly because it's like, well, I don't know what it's about, but it sounds like a good idea (laughs) right off the (laughs) get-go, right? So there you go. Well, so talk about talk about the title, maybe, and then what's what happens when people start opening up the pages. Well, I kind of wrote the book both for myself to have these little one sentence sermons. Sometimes I need to preach to myself in my marriage, all in one spot. When when I needed a little dose of a fresh perspective and needed to snap my brain and my heart into the right place, so I kind of wrote it for myself because my marriage has not always been easy, but God has taught me a lot over the last three decades of being married to my college sweetheart. Mm. But then I also wrote it because, honestly, my husband and I have seen in our marriage over these years that we've been together and we've been involved in small groups and life groups and Bible studies on the topic of marriage, we've just seen so many couples who've just decided to throw in the towel because you know, marriage is kind of hard, and it's not what they thought it would be. And they think, oh, maybe I was too young. Maybe I don't, never really did love them. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, real serious cases where there's biblical grounds for divorce or situations of, of danger and abuse. I'm not talking about that. It's just the average marriage with its bumps in the road. It's just so easy to just get to a point where you go, ah, this yeah. isn't making me happy. This isn't what I thought. And I just really wanted to, to kind of be on the pages of the book what some women in my life has been for me that encouragement to, you know, keep showing up, keep doing the hard work. Marriage is hard. It's not about you. Hang in there. It's going to get better. I had that in my life over these last three decades, and I know not everyone has that. So I wanted to kind of be that friend on the page that encourages people to keep doing the hard work. Karen Eamon is our guest. The brand new book is called Keep Showing Up. Uh, and uh, what you described there, actually that part about kind of some one-liners. I wrote down a few as I read through things and I wanted to ask you about them, but 
Before doing that, share, if you would, about those early newlywed days and weeks. You uh, talk about that near the beginning of your book. Well, you know, I think everyone kind of starts out with stars in their eyes. You think, you know, hey, there are some marriages out there that have a, a rough go of it, but mine's going to be different, you know. And I certainly lived in that space in my brain. Um, yet, my husband and I did have the pastor that did our premarital counseling after he did a battery of personality profile tests with both of us say to us that, boy, a couple with your two unique personality makeups probably have about a 5% chance of staying married. I remember him vividly saying that, and I thought both, like, oh, no, what have I gotten myself into? But I also simultaneously thought, because I'm one of those people where if you tell me it can't be done, I'm going to say, oh, yes, it can watch me. (laughs) So part of me was like, you don't know what you're talking about. We're so in love, and, you know, we love the Lord, and we want to serve him it's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. But really that first maybe six weeks, I kept thinking, what have I gotten myself into? Because my husband and I are so different. In fact, we often joke that if we went on an online dating uh, website and made up profiles, you know, just for fun and pretended that we were single and said, you know, we wanted to be matched with someone in our area or whatever, it would never match us up. Mm. It would it would probably, the, the screen would probably blow up and say, don't date this person, you're totally incompatible. Because we not only just have very different personalities, but we process life and we do things in life and around the house and everything completely opposite. And it just about drove me crazy, and it made me think, what in me ever thought it was a good idea to marry this man? Maybe that pastor was right. And so it started off pretty rough. It started off pretty rough. Karen Eman, our guest, author of the book, uh, Keep Showing Up. And you have an interesting um, story in here, or kind of explaining further. I, you know, I've worked in radio for a lot of years, including Top 40 Radio at one point. And uh, Paula Abdul had a big hit song called, you know, hard to believe it was 30 years ago, but it's called Opposites Attract. And... uh I guess it had it been named What Can Happen After Marriage, Opposites Attack, it probably would not have been a hit record. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> maybe you can share about the, the difference in that single word. And uh, you have a really interesting perspective on the flip of what can happen, you know, what perhaps is a, a desirable characteristic before you get married, how that maybe shifts after you've gotten married and, and why. Yeah, I think so many people can relate to this. those things that first attracted you to your spouse when you first got to know them and you were dating are often the things that later completely drive you up the nearest wall. For example, my husband loved the fact that I could talk. He's a little more laid back and shy and, you know, I can talk to anybody. In fact, I hardly ever stopped talking. (laughs) And he loved that about me because he said, you know, you could work a room and make the the shy ones feel included. You could talk to the college president and the, the, the grocery store checkout person, you know, all in the same day. And he loved that about me. But he said about three days into our honeymoon, he had this thought, like, is she ever going to stop talking? In fact, he, <laughs> he often jokes that if, if I pass away before he does, he already knows what he's going to put on my tombstone. Hmm. And it's just going to be a single period because I'll finally be done talking, <laughs> you know. And so it, it kind of started, he loved it about me at first. But then it started to kind of, you know, turn into conversation domination. I can monopolize, you know, groups that we're meeting with if we're in a Bible study or whatever. It is kind of a strength that gets carried to an extreme, and now it becomes a weakness. And, and I saw that with him, too. I love that he was laid back. 
He was agreeable, go with the flow, never really seemed to have a, a strong opinion about anything. He would just, you know, tell me what I can do to help, and I don't care where we eat dinner or what movie we go to. I loved that setup. But about three months into our marriage, it started to come across as passivity because he mm. wouldn't make any decisions. He wouldn't give his opinion. In fact, I often joke that, you know, his laid-back personality sometimes morphs into being passive, and it makes me get aggressive, so we have a passive-aggressive marriage. Yeah, right. You know, but that's what happens. It's, it's that flip side. It's that strength. It's now not got boundaries on it, not got borders on it. It gets carried to an extreme, and now it looks like a weakness. But I think often if we can look at something about our spouse that's driving us crazy and kind of dial it back a bit, I bet we can see the flip side of something positive that we once loved. Yeah. Karen Eamon is our guest. She is a New York Times bestselling author, a brand new book called Keep Showing Up, How to Stay Crazy in Love When Your Love Drives You Crazy, uh, 416. Take a short break, continue our conversation in just a moment. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. The Tim DeMoss Show rolling along with New York Times bestselling author Karen Eman. She has a brand new book called Keep Showing Up. We were talking about opposites attract. And uh, before the break there, one of the things in your book, you talk about your friend, I think it's Mary, who kindly points out that if you and your husband are basically the same person, think the same way, do the same things the same way, then one of you is, uh, uh, you know, unnecessary, right? Something along those lines. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was I was venting to her one day about uh, you know just how different my husband was and why doesn't he do things my way and the right way? Because of course I think my way is the right way. And I just remember she's she's very sweet and laid back, but she says hard truths to me sometimes. And I remember her just saying, you know what? If you and Todd think exactly about everything and you handle every situ- single situation in the same manner, then one of you is unnecessary. You know, your marriage doesn't need two of you, it needs one of you and one of Todd. And that really helped to change my perspective. Yeah, and the notion of the juxtaposition of people who are different, I think you also have put in the book about uh, a quote from Paul Tripp. The, the beauty can come from the juxtaposition as opposed to if you put something that's too similar next to each other, you can't see the, the beauty of either. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, his quotes about the the night sky that you put, you know, the the moon would it wouldn't be striking if it hung in a white sky. It's it's so beautiful because it's it's contrasted with the dark behind it. So different is good. It can be beautiful. Yeah, Karen Eamon, our guest. Uh, the book keeps showing up. A couple of those one liners that I jotted down, and you you touched on it a little bit earlier. This is a kind of a, a big one, I think, uh, even like an umbrella statement. Um, marriage is hard. And it's not about me. Maybe talk about, you know, where that comes from and the, and the summation of that, of what, what led up to that simple sentence. I think because our culture says that marriage should be easy and it's all about you. Like you go into it thinking, hey, I've met my soulmate. You know, we've, we've got this notion that two single people are like half people floating around trying to find each other. And when they finally find their soulmate, they sit together like a puzzle. Well, first of all, that's wrong. You know, you're not a half person if you're single. and you know, we think it's going to just fit like a glove. It's going to be easy. They're going to meet all of our needs. It's going to just be something that makes us happy. And and that's not true. Marriage is hard. And, and it's really not about us. It's about displaying the gospel to the watching world. It's about people seeing us in our marriage with 
you know, everything that, that comes along, the good, the bad, the ugly, and seeing two people who are gracious, are forgiving, are loving, who keep showing up, wiping the slate clean and starting over again when there are problems, because there will be problems. And that can really give a picture to those who are watching us of a God who grants us new mercies every day and who forgets our sins when we've truly repented and asked forgiveness and, and never leaves us and never forsakes us. Rather than looking to our spouse to kind of meet all of our needs and make us happy, we need to look at our spouse as that person in our life that we get to display Christ-like behavior to because people are watching us. It's, it's not just pastors who deliver a message. Your marriage is a message and people are watching you preach. Yeah, it's a really great point. I, I jotted that down thinking, uh, you know, a point that you made, because I think it's easy for any of us as an individual to be aware of the fact that, yeah, people are looking at our lives and maybe they'll just see how we're living and say, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what that person's all about. But I'd never really thought about it in terms of people observing perhaps my interaction with my wife and vice versa and how we live life together. And so I, I thought that was very helpful that you uh, put that in there, being a testimony, even when you're not really thinking about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we never think of it as a, a means through which God might bring someone else to faith. But my husband and I have seen that happen in our marriage. In fact, it just happened recently. A young mom who is married to one of our adult children's childhood best friends, she started hanging out at our house, her and her husband and, and her two little children, you know, seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, she's here when... Todd and I have a little, you know, domestic dispute, or my friend Lisa calls them growth opportunities. You know, she's, she's seen us not always get along, but she's also just watched how our marriage is just a little bit different than a lot of the marriages that she's seen. And when she first came into our life, she didn't go to a church anywhere. She didn't really know anything about the story of the gospel or the Bible or anything, but she continued to hang out here. And fast forward about a little bit over a year, year and a half, she recently gave her life to Christ. She was baptized on Easter Sunday. And when she tells her story, she says, the first place I understood the gospel was watching you and Mr. Todd in your marriage. It's where it came alive to me. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Like, you've seen us have almost knocked down drag out fights over something stupid like pizza, you know, yes. <laughs> when we had a bunch of people at our house, you know, but she said there was just something different. Like you guys, yeah, you have fights and stuff, but you forgave each other. You kept just loving each other and stuck together. And you always pointed me to the Lord when you, in your conversations. And she said, I kept thinking there's something different. And it ha I know it has to do with Jesus, but I really don't know what it is. So she started coming to church with us. And it was there that she clearly heard the gospel and responded, and she traces it back to just watching our ordinary marriage. But, we, see, we don't ever think of that. We just we think of our marriage as, oh, it's going to make me happy, and oh, now it's making me frustrated, and oh, the spouse is driving me crazy. <laughs> we never think that God wants to give a picture of Christ in the church through our relationship. And if we can remember that, it can really help us to alter our behavior. I'm not saying it's a magic pill that you just no. tell yourself, oh, you know, but I think it does help us to remember the whole point of this is not to make me happy. It's not. It's it's to display the gospel. Karen Eamon is our guest. A brand new book called Keep Showing Up. She's a New York Times bestselling author. How to Stay Crazy in Love When Your Love Drives You Crazy. We're going to give copies of this away. A little later on in the program, have our toll-free number ready for that, 
WFIL, 800-560-9345. Also, do feel free, if you'd like to, if it's easier for you to text in between now and the end of the program, do so, 610-500-DOVE. That's our text line, 610-500-3683. Just uh, your first and last name, and perhaps, excuse me, I got a cough my throat, frog my throat. Perhaps the word uh, uh, show will be good enough. Yeah, I will. We'll go to a quick break here and come back. But 610-500-3683. You can text in your first and last name and the word show, and we'll put you in the mix to win her book. Back in a second, WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. Four twenty nine, Tim DeMar Show, AM five sixty, WFIL, WFIL.com. A lot of clouds uh, our way, heading our way this evening. I guess we're already here most, for the most part, but a shower or two possible. We're just in a cloudy stretch forecast wise. We've had it, and for the next couple of days, more clouds too. Fifty one the to low tonight. Tomorrow, a little different, though. We warm up to 82. A few showers likely. Friday, still cloudy. A couple showers and thunder showers. High 74. Phillies are home tonight at 7.05, taking on Detroit. It's a rare interleague series with Detroit uh, at home. And uh, Sixers are home tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Game 3 of their Eastern Conference semifinal series with Toronto. That series tied up at a game apiece. We are uh, chatting with Karen Eman. She is a New York Times bestselling author. She has a brand new book out called Keep Showing Up. How to stay crazy in love when your love drives you crazy. One other great point you bring up here also is kind of independent of, of how things are going. I think your exhortation to women, how everything in life, uh, even being a wife, that just that aspect of it comes down to you and Jesus as part of a, a key point. Maybe you could expound uh, on that a little bit. Well, I feel like so many times we go to God in prayer about our spouse, and we're, like, complaining about, why are they doing this, and, oh, they're driving me crazy, and change them, and we complain to our friends about our spouse, maybe, or we just can't understand their behavior, and it frustrates us that they're doing something different than how we would attack the, the problem or the process, and yet I feel like it needs to be always in the forefront of our mind that, you know, I'm not going to get to heaven and have to answer for anything my spouse did. I'm not going to have to explain, you know, how they behaved or, you know, whatever was wrong in my estimation of how they did things. I got to quit letting that frustrate me and take up so much of my time and energy. I need to remember it all comes down to me and Jesus. I'm not going to be held responsible for my spouse and their behavior, but I am going to be held responsible for how I react to their behavior, how I respond to their habits that are driving me nuts or whatever. And if I can remember, it comes down to me and Jesus, my behavior, my reactions, and I can choose to behave in a loving way, even when someone provokes me or does something that should make me fly off the handle, I don't have to. I don't have to. I mean, I think of people who have forgiven someone who's murdered someone in their family or people who have have uh, like Corey Ten Boom, who forgave her captors, you know, in a concentration camp. If they could forgive people who so cruelly did something that affected their life in a, in a very, very dire way, 
I can certainly forget the little things that happen in my marriage because I'm going to have to answer for it. It comes down to me and Jesus and my behavior and my reactions and my responses. I got to quit spending so much energy wishing my spouse would change and instead change how I react and how I respond and, and my perspective and my attitude. Karen Eamon is our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com, New York Times bestselling author and author of a brand new book called Keep Showing Up, How to Stay Crazy in Love When Your Love Drives You Crazy. Uh, maybe you could just take a moment, share on a more general level what the, book's is, uh, what the book is and what it isn't. Maybe a couple of main highlights folks can look forward to when they open its pages. Yeah, I think what I've gotten the most feedback on is um, the chapters that deal with conflict. And what I feel are the three greatest areas of conflict in marriage and how to work through those. Also, just dealing with marriage in this day and age of social media and how it's so easy to compare what's going on in our marriage with what we see on a screen, uh, you know, on social media, Instagram, wherever. And we think, oh, gee, it must be nice. You know, they seem to have some, you know, just a fabulous marriage and mine's not so great. And that can really cause discontentment. And so we've got to learn to, to deal with that and how dangerous it is to try to mimic someone else's marriage because of what you see. I also talk a lot, one of my, my favorite parts of the book and one of the parts I've gotten the most feedback on is I work through helping couples come up with their own unique ministry that they can do as a couple that they couldn't do on their own. And it helps them to realize maybe the re- one of the reasons that God put them together because you see we often look at those people who seem to have life better than us whether it's someone in real life or on social media and then by comparison we don't measure up instead of looking for people who surely don't have life as good as us you know people in pain whether it's financial pain emotional pain physical pain and grabbing your spouse's hand and doing something together to serve someone or to serve um, in church together in your neighborhood finding something you can do together that puts those differences that you have, those unique strengths and I don't like to say weaknesses, I say non-strengths, you know, that package deal that is you as a couple, how is God going to use you? And I think that can really put a lot of purpose and excitement back into a marriage much more than, you know, even just having a weekly date night or going on a romantic weekend. I'm not against any of those things. But I think it's when we really are serving others and trying to share the gospel with others together that we see our spouse in a whole new light, and it makes us fall in love with them all over again. Karen Eamon, uh, been kind enough to spend a little time with us. The book called Keep Showing Up, How to Stay Crazy in Love When Your Love Drives You Crazy. And there's much more we could talk about with the book. But the, the case of the navy blue vest made from twill, which sounds like a Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew book, <laughs> that whole illustration, maybe you could explain what that illustration and that, that story is about, because I think it kind of backs up what you just said in terms of togetherness and the beauty of that. Yeah, twill was a fabric I had to learn to work with when I took a home ex course once, and it's a, a fabric that's got a pattern of both diagonal and parallel ribs that when they're combined, they, they make a fabric that has two completely different sides. You look on one side, it's diagonal. The other side, it's parallel. But it's a very strong and hardy and durable. It hardly ever shows spots and stains. And the differing sides make the, the material really flexible. And I just, you know, as I was thinking about that fabric, it just made me think of marriage, that we come together as two completely different people. But when we are woven together with the thread of Christ, 
we will become a, a raw material that is is fit to be used and is flexible and is distinctive and our marriage can can be something that's wonderful because we have two different people rather than wishing that the other person thought like us we can learn to start seeing it as a strength those differences yeah karen even our guest new york times best-selling author and a brand new book out called keep showing up how to stay crazy in love when your love drives you crazy we'll take a short break we also have copies to hand out before the show is over if you want to text yourself into the running it's 610-500-DOVE 610-500-3683 just your first and last name and the word show will be certainly sufficient and if you happen to have your name drawn out, we'll get back to you and we can send your full address at that point. We'll also give copies away by phone. So have that number ready too, 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345. We'll wrap up our conversation in just a couple of moments here on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 440 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Before we conclude our conversation uh, with Karen Eman, author of the brand new book, Keep Showing Up, on a very practical note, wanted to remind you that we have a prayer center on our website, something very simple where you can just swing by and drop off a request. Uh, we do kind of screen them, so to speak. So if someone's just putting all this personal stuff up, we, it, it's not that open. We'll just double check. No last names are involved, things like that. But if you have a situation in your life, uh, which is a real struggle, including in the marriage topic, for example, there's one here from a woman named Marlene. She says, my husband of six months walked out on me last night and he says the marriage has ended. Conflicts were handed in a terrible way. Please pray for my husband to come back home. Kids are affected. I'm affected. I'm sure he is too. Please, I need your prayers. So uh, that's the kind of thing that, yeah, it's real. And so use it, uh, that resource. And you know what? You could also stop by. If you don't have anything on your mind that you want prayer for, but you could just drop in and see some of the requests that get posted. Sometimes there are just a couple. Uh, Sometimes there are more. It just depends on the, you know, the ebb and flow of things. But help yourself, WFIL.com. The top of the homepage, there's a tab that says more. And the very first link there is for the prayer center. So whatever's on your heart could be for you, could be for someone else. Uh, It could be a praise report too. Feel free to circle back and share how God has answered some of these prayers. That said, uh, we continue our conversation now. We'll be concluding here and then we'll be giving away copies of Keep Showing Up by uh, best-selling author Karen Eman. You, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things and there's plenty of good material in the book here, but uh, one of the fun things too, which I think is helpful for people is when you give examples and you share uh, several uh, numbers, a number of stories uh, in here, different couples. Uh, I think it was uh, the names of Jeff and Melissa. I think it was. Uh, you, um, uh, do you remember the, the Jeff and Melissa story with the one ounce? Oh, oh, yes, very well. In <laughs> fact, you know, people meet my husband and I throughout the pages of the book. But in the last chapter, I wanted to bring in some other couples I've known who have kept showing up in their marriage and, and tell their, they've all given me permission to tell their stories. Um, one, their marriage started out horrible, <laughs> standing at the altar, marrying someone they'd only known for six weeks because there was an unplanned pregnancy that happened. Hmm. And that marriage started off rough and got better over the years. And then the one you're speaking of, Jeff and Melissa, that one started off great. It kind of got rough over the years, and I'll, I'll tell the one ounce thing in a second. Um, but I wanted to mention the third couple is actually my, my friend Cindy and her um, husband, Chris, 
And their marriage survived not only him having multiple affairs with women he met online, but one of the women found out she was pregnant with his child. And they worked through it. They stayed together, and they have a fabulous ministry, you know, 15 years later. Um, But Jeff and Melissa, that was the one that started out kind of fairy tale. Everything's going to be great. It's just going to be easy. And just slowly over the years, they grew apart. They experienced boredom in their marriage. They kind of felt like the love had gone out. And finally, Melissa convinced her husband to go to marriage counseling. And when they left the counselor's office one day, they were talking. And and she just looked at him and said, you know, is there any hope for us? And he said, "Mm, about one ounce. I mean, there's just a little left. And she thought, you know what? I'm going to take that one ounce and I'm going to run to Jesus. And she kept showing up and kept praying. And she didn't try to change him anymore. She learned through counseling to focus on her own spiritual growth, what we were talking about a minute ago, that it all comes down to you and Jesus. And instead of trying to to beat him over the head with her Bible and get him to change and start coming to church, she just backed off. And she just took that that one ounce of hope and she ran to Christ. And after several, several years, their marriage did get better. Jeff did start to have interest in spiritual things. He did start to have a relationship with the Lord and and serve. And now together they serve in their church. The marriage isn't perfect. It's very ordinary, but it's very much intact and it's very strong. And it all started with her just hanging on to that one ounce of hope that he said they had in their marriage. Yeah. And the Jeff and Melissa story speaks to several things. Partly you just mentioned there that the, it's tough if uh, one of the two, you know, is following the Lord and the other one's not. And then, then on top mm-hmm. of that, just, you know, years into being married for anybody, there's a, there's a, um, Toby Mac from the group DC talk has a song that talks about the, you know, the world chips and nags. Uh, and, and, and there, there are things that as life goes on, you get older, just you're a little more weather beaten for whatever reasons. And you can grow strong and tall and true and all that. But it, there's still, um, the, the, it's different when you're fresh out of the gate. And so mm-hmm. I think that just that everydayness of life is a message that people could be reminded. Yeah, I'm 12 years into my marriage or 18 years in, and I'm just trying to kind of get through today and not, it's different, you know, with less energy maybe than you once had or something anyway. So uh, to me, that was a, a, a great example. But like you said, all those examples are different stories. People know uh, the common thread going through that and talking about in your book to keep showing up and, and really our source for that being the Lord. Um, Maybe we could conclude just if you can uh, share a little bit of your testimony, too, how you came to know the Lord. I mean, without knowing that, you wouldn't be writing this book. Right. And actually, it has to do with the marriage. It has to do with me watching the marriage of a woman who was a youth worker in the little church that was kitty corner from my house. She first reached out to me as a lonely teenager. I was kind of a latchkey child living in a single-parent home. Um, My mom was an incredible single mom, but she had to work a lot to keep food on the table. And this woman who was a youth worker at the church across the way, she saw me outside in the front yard throwing up a softball by myself and touching it. And I love to play softball. And she asked me to join the church softball team. And then she just naturally folded me into that church and into her family. And I watched her marriage. Um, It's interesting that her marriage did not stay together. Her husband eventually had an affair and left her. Hmm. However, I watched her behavior, and it it was very much what I was talking about earlier, that it all came down to her and Jesus. She was a wife who tried her very best to treat her husband like 
God treats her, and she saw her life as a ministry to reach out to people and tell them about the Lord, and I was one of those people, and and I, through her, found out about a God who could be a father to the fatherless, and it was through her that I began my walk with Christ, and it all happened when she just kind of let me into her life, and I saw her in her home. I saw how she treated her husband. I saw how she treated her kids, and I thought, there's something different about her, and whatever it is that she has, I want. Hmm. That's that's really powerful. Yet another example of how seeing someone else's marriage, and at least, you know, or in her case, especially how she was responding to things, too, speaks very loudly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think if there's mm-hmm. one thing I take from this book, it's going to be that reminder about that uh, that effect. I, I think it's easy for a person to think, okay, I, I bet people can look at my life and, and be wondering, you know, you, you'll hear people talk about that individual, make people want what you have, and um, you can't, you know, it's the Holy Spirit's job in the end, but you think about it on an individual level, but to think about it collectively in that marriage dynamic is an interesting thought to me. So, uh, and as we wrap up our time, uh, I just as a PS, I know you were on a practical note near the end of your book, you had those, those, um, reality check reminders, right? So some of the stuff we talked about, so people can know like in little chunks to remind themselves of like, some core truths. And you also, the Proverbs 31 side of things, if you could just talk about your role with Proverbs 31, and maybe, you know, how people can continue up beyond the book or in conjunction with the book, receive uh, wisdom and help. Yes, I'm a writer and speaker for Proverbs 31 Ministries. We have online devotions for women. We have an app called First Five that helps you to spend your first five minutes of each day studying the Bible. And it's just such an honor for me to be a part of that ministry. As I speak and I write, I'm always representing Proverbs. And if people want to know more about me or Proverbs, they can just go to my website, which is KarenEman.com, and my last name is spelled E-H-M-A-N. Very good. Karen, thank you for taking time to uh, hang out with us and share about your book. And we have a few copies we're going to give away, too, so it's always a nice thing. <laughs> so spread, awesome. the, spread the wisdom and, and yeah, insight. Good deal. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye. That's Karen Eman, the uh, New York Times bestselling author and uh, author of this brand new book, Keep Showing Up, How to Stay Crazy in Love When Your Love Drives You Crazy. And as promised, we have copies to hand out. So if you would like to win one, let's do that right now, shall we? 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345. Be glad to hook up. Uh, in fact, I have a couple copies uh, to give away by phone, and we can even do some by text as well. If you have not texted in yet, it's 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Simply uh, put your first and last name in there and the word show, and I know that's what you're texting in for. But if you'd like to win a copy by calling, we want to make it easy for folks. In fact, we'll give away a copy by email as well what was it the by two if by land whatever by sea the whole thing yeah so we're, we're one of two if by email two if by text and one if by phone or something like that we'll we'll give away copies multiple ways so whatever is easiest for you because it's about the listener joe right joe is sitting there just chilling he's the hardest working producer in philadelphia radio i haven't actually credited you with that lately but i need to make sure that i do that uh, on this broadcast between four and five the rest of the day. I really can't say that, but the, between four, <laughs> sorry, Joe, between four and five. Yes. So let's make a winner and then we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Hello. What's your name? Hi, my name is Jennifer Weiss. What's up, Jennifer? 
mowing the lawn. Was, I had you on my, my ear protection headset. <laughs> awesome. Wow. So you're getting the, you're cutting the lawn between uh, raindrops or soon-to-be raindrops, yeah. perhaps. I'm trying to get it done before it rains, yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people doing that. Like they're, they're fine. Where is my mower? I haven't done anything for a while yet, so... <laughs> Good. Well, since the, since uh, before the, before uh, Easter, I, I'd mow the last, and now it's up to my knees. You know. Yes, <laughs> so. yes. I, I took a picture a couple of Easter's ago. Where I, like I had a basketball that had rolled down the driveway into our backyard, and the grass was taller than the basketball. It has that's how bad it was. So yeah, yeah I almost lost lost my miniature poodle out here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we don't want you to uh, get out of that that rhythm of cutting the lawn. So I'll put you on hold real quick, and Joe will get your info, and we'll mail a copy out to you. Fair enough. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. You I appreciate just, it. Absolutely. Where are you from, by the way? I'm Phoenixville. Okay. Cool. Thanks for calling in. Oh, long-time Happy- listener of WFIL. I love, I love your programming. I love your personalities on the radio, and it's just a, a blessing to, to have uh, such great programming I can listen to, jump in and on, you know, all day long. So. Amen. We're glad to be here. Thanks really for, good stuff. for being there. Absolutely. Hold on one sec. Thank you so much. That's really cool. I, you know, and I have another copy here to hand out as well. So whether you're cutting your lawn or thinking about cutting your lawn, go right ahead and call in. We'll give away one more copy at 800-560-WFIL. That's 1-800-560-9345. Keep showing up. How to stay crazy in love when your love drives you crazy. It's Karen Eman, who is the best-selling author on the New York Times list and now has a brand-new book out. Uh, so go ahead and call in if you want, or if texting is easier for you, it's 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Um, and email is timmyd, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. Yesterday we had a lot of fun uh, having folks call in, and we didn't really do like any guests or anything like that, but on purpose it was designed to be a program more about, hey, just call in, where are you from, uh, what are you about, you know, what do you do with your time, your day? So we had a number of calls from all over, which is great, so just to get to know the audience a bit better. Uh, but I mentioned yesterday I wanted to tell a quick story but I forgot because we just had the calls coming in. So um, it kind of backs up. Maybe we can cl- conclude our program today with me telling you the story uh, and kind of uh, kind of um, undergirding really what I hope this program is uh, for folks. So I'll just read this. This is something I put on Facebook. This was October 6, 2017, and I wrote the following. I've been driving for Lyft the past couple months, and I've found it to be a fascinating experience in many ways. Most of them good. I also began driving for Uber this week, which also has been fine. Between the two services, I've already had 700-plus rides all over Philadelphia and surrounding counties. Bucks, Montgomery, all that, the Lehigh Valley, plus Delaware, New Jersey, even Manhattan. I've driven people of all ages, races, and belief systems Just a small sample. An Englishman new to the USA who wanted to ride just to go to get food at Wawa and be taken home uh, to eat it. A woman in her 40s and in her pajamas running away from her husband at 2 in the morning, taking along her small dog, bottle of alcohol, bottles of pills, and a cheesesteak. An aspiring boxer heading to the gym to train. Doctors, nurses, and therapists. 
a woman in her mid-50s who had picked up a DUI on Christmas Eve a couple years ago, 20 feet from her house. And now, thousands of dollars in fines and a suspended license later uses Lyft to make sure it never happens again. Parents helping move their child into college for the first time. Lawyers and law students. Bartenders. Food service industry folks. Home health aides. A dad on a date with his young daughter, apparently getting in his weekly allotted time with her, asking her questions, making conversation. A young man on house arrest, needing a ride to work. A couple in their 60s, needing a ride home from a suburban Walmart to their home in Philadelphia, 35 minutes away, after working the 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift. Chatted with the woman while the husband snored. An artist transporting his large oil paintings. A group of young college students loudly discussing the promiscuity of a fellow student and the drama around it, mixing in how proud of their fake IDs they were. A happy dude who just bought a big screen TV and needed a large vehicle to get it home four blocks away. Chatterboxes to people with earbuds in the entire ride. Yesterday, I picked up a young couple from Arizona at the airport who were, for some reason, Eagles fans and flew in for this Sunday's game against the Cardinals, of whom they are not fans, which is ironic. Yes, I could write a book already. Sharing life with so many people from so many backgrounds and situations, literally coming from and going to totally different places, especially in just a little over two months, has given me a very real, up-close, and personal view of perhaps the most well-known verse in the Bible of them all, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I can't help but think how those words apply to every single person I've transported from point A to point B. I get a small snapshot of these people's lives. God knows them all fully from start to finish. I'm in awe and amazement of how big God is and how big his heart must be. My temporary role and main job is to get a person wherever he or she needs to go in a safe, timely manner. Many times the ride turns into something more, an opportunity to listen, a chance to cheer someone up, or just chat about what's going on around us. Eclipse, hurricanes, whatever. One young woman asked me to pray for her as she got out of the van, nervous and late for a job interview. Others have opened up to share much more, and in those situations I felt it appropriate to share John 3.16 or John 10.10, which says, I came that they may have life and have it to the full. Regardless, I quietly say a brief prayer for each person or group, usually just after dropping them off so I can know, even though I'll probably never see that person again, I could at least say a prayer for them. Do my part in the small space I was given. And then it's time for the next ride. I also like to send all riders on their way with a 5.0 rating, which is the highest you can get, whether or not it was warranted. I figure if they're in a place and time and space where John 3.16 applies, I can give a 5.0. There's plenty more I could share, but I'll save that for other posts. Time for another ride. As soon as the flat tire I received at 15th and Spruce last night while transporting three 50-something-year-old ladies heading to dinner while belting out Don't Stop Believing from Journey is fixed. That's a post that I posted again uh, on Facebook October 6, 2017. At the time, I was driving for Lyft. I was driving for Uber. And I just mention it now because that's really the spirit of this program. You will hear... All sorts of people on this program, all kinds of guests, and it's under that John 316 umbrella. When you are giving Lyft rides and Uber rides, I can tell you having done 2,500 of them, it's a different world altogether. 
You have up close and personal contact. Sometimes, again, no contact at all, but you see a cross-section of what Jesus came for. So be encouraged, whether you, you know, do some ride-sharing, driving, or whatever it is you're doing, to think that way, to be encouraged, just to, to view people, you know, as made in God's image, they have value. Say a prayer for their salvation, if nothing else, and know that that can happen, that that, 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 that has actually happened once you have walked away. Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries. Meet in prayer next. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.